Some of you have waited for this message. Tongues. Well, I just like the way that sounds. Tongues. <laughs> Go ahead. Everybody say it on three. One, two, three. Tongues. All right. Praise God. First uh, Corinthians. First Corinthians 13. For this reason. Whatever. Pay attention. All right. You got notes. First Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. I'm getting hot up here. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. I just want to stop and interrupt my own message and say this. Is interpretation part of the gifts of the Spirit, yes or no? And you can pray for all the gifts, people. You can pray for interpretation, but you can pray for prophecy. You can pray for all the gifts. All right. Pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Who prays? My spirit prays. But my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray also with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among you, among, pardon me, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen? To your thanksgiving, since he does not know what you are saying. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God, verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, says the Apostle Paul by the Spirit of God. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligent, intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Lord God, come on, lift your voice and just pray for God to speak to you tonight. Come on, lift your voice. We thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you ever read the book? You may be seated. How many of you read the book of 1 Corinthians 14? Uh, Pardon me, the whole book of 1 Corinthians, I should say. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is not a book. It's part of a book, or actually it's a letter to the church in Corinth. The first letter to the church in Corinth written by the apostle Paul. And the church in Corinth had a problem. You said they had a problem? Yeah, they had a problem. And, and the book of Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, deals with those problems to bring correction. How many of you are thankful for correction? I am. I don't always like it, but I like what it produces in me. It produces a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Lauren Cunningham has on his computer on the Big Island, those whom the Lord loves, he beats the hell out of. 
say, what's that about? He says, well, if you have any hell on the inside of you, you'd want to get rid of it. It's really a, a play on the scripture that says those whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Now, if you read Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, you'll see that they had a lot of problems. But the main problem in the Corinthian church was a problem of spiritual pride. Write it in the notes. Spiritual pride. And I'm sure there's nobody here with that problem tonight. Spiritual pride is manifested in many different ways. One way was speaking in tongues. So they were so enamored by the gift of tongues that it was really being abused. And they were abusing people with it. The Apostle Paul addresses the issue of spiritual gifts, and especially tongues and prophecy. He does that in three chapters in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, anybody know? 12, gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, read that and see if you're not convicted. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. And 1 Corinthians 14, it deals with tongues and prophecy. He puts the love chapter right between the two because the point is really, no matter how great your gifts are, if you don't have love, you are part of the gong show. Does anybody remember the gong show, the 70s gong show? People get up there and they do their thing or whatever. You know, do their little 70s thing. And if it wasn't any good, they just go, and mama gong, papa gong, and all little baby gongs had to get off the stage. If you have lots of gifts, it's wonderful, but if you don't have love, it means nothing. Nothing. And one of the things I appreciate about our church, and I've heard from people who come to visit from outside the state, people who end up staying, is that, man, they say, man, pastor, when I come into the church, I feel loved here. I feel, I just feel that like people love me. Now, I've been in a place where I didn't feel like that. We were talking about that recently. I've been in the place where I visited a church and like I had to I had to usher myself. You know what I'm talking about? To find myself a seat. I had to introduce myself to the different people and I found myself ministering to them and I'm the guest. And they're looking at me with their hair up up, up in a bun maybe and just kind of staring at me. You know, it's weird. Well, the Apostle Paul teaches on the gifts of the Spirit and he puts the love chapter right in the middle because without love, you, you're a, we're a resounding gong. And over the years of being in ministry, I've seen people get abused through the gifts. There's many pastors and churches across the land that stay away from the gifts because they have been used to abuse people. You really have to have a, a gift of leadership and you have to have a discernment because not every gift is from God. Some people want to manifest their devil and call it God. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm just telling you, in a spirit-filled church, there's people that want to show up and show out and ain't nothing but their flesh. So I'm proud to say that I feel like we're a church that loves. But we can do better. Amen? I know I can. Anybody can love more like Jesus, more like God? Is that the same four people as before? Huh? We can all love. Come on, read 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all ought to lift your hand. You obviously hadn't read 1 Corinthians lately. All right. We can all love more like God. Love is the base of it all. And some would say, well, that's all we need. Love is all you need. No, it isn't. 
Because if love was all that you need, then there wouldn't even be any gifts. So love's very important. You can't remove it, but you can't just... Because there's some that say, well, the gifts, they're just you don't need the gifts. We just need love. Now, you need love, but you need the gifts also. So the Apostle Paul said that he spoke in tongues. The Apostle Paul spoke in tongues and saw it literally as a vital part of his walk with God. He saw it as a, an important part of his Christian life. Go ahead and write it in the notes. In fact, he says that he spoke in tongues more than everybody else. So I think all we've been doing here is trying to get a little bit more like the Apostle Paul. And we pray in tongues in this church, and we do it corporately. And I've had people say, you know, that's not biblical because there's no interpretation. I'm going to deal with that tonight. Because really, that, that is a faulty teaching, and I'll prove it. I'll show it to you right out of the text of why... There needs to be interpretation for tongues. Well, I'll get into it. For tongues that needs to be interpreted, that's prophecy. But there's tongues that's a prayer language. All right, so I want to talk to you tonight about why should we speak in tongues? What is speaking in tongues? Why should we speak in tongues? Why is it an important part of our life? The usage of tongues in the life of the believer. Look at Roman numeral 2. First of all, it's a sign. Everybody say it's a sign. You'll notice in three chapters, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Everybody say it. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Those chapters you'll see people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. On all three occasions, the person being filled spoke in tongues. It happened in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. It was a sign that God was doing a unique work in the earth. Now, for 2,000 years, really, in the Old Testament, you see the common people, they weren't filled. Us, we, were, we wouldn't have been filled. It's really only three people that got the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the picture is really that the Holy Spirit wouldn't be in them, but would be upon them. It's a little different. Who knows the three groups of people that had the anointing? The prophet... The king, the priest. Those three classes or three groups of people had the anointing upon them. The anointing is the supernatural anointing, definition, supernatural enablement from God to get the job done. That's a very simple definition of what the anointing means. Now the miraculous thing. is that unique sign of tongues was never manifested in the Old Testament. Isaiah spoke about it with stammering lips. They would praise him. Every miracle you see in the Old Testament is duplicated in the New, except for one. And the one that you do not see in the Old Testament that is in the New is the gift of tongues. You say, well, what's that all about? Whenever God did a shift or brought, a, brought into a new dispensation, He always marked it with something. And I believe that tongues is, is one of those things. So it's a sign. Everybody say it's a sign. Tongues is a sign. Look at P. Look at B. Personally. This is what it does for you personally. And three things I see here about what tongues does for you personally. In prayer, everybody say in prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. If anyone speaks in a tongue, he does not speak to men, but to... Now, anytime you're speaking to God, that's prayer. 
If you're speaking to a man, that's not prayer. So speaking in tongues is, is, is an aspect of prayer. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. So the first thing I see speaking in tongues is speaking to God. It's uttering mysteries in the spirit. Look, I can pray with my mind. I pray with my mind. You sh- should you pray with your mind? Say yes. Absolutely. You should pray with your mind. You can sing with your mind. Let God arise. Let God arise. That's singing with the... I'm communicating to you mind to mind right now, hopefully with an anointing. So I'm speaking words of English and you're understanding that. But when you pray in tongues to God, it's speaking mysteries to God. Now, we can fathom certain things with our mind. Some can fathom things that others can't. Some have a greater ability for understanding science and math. never was very good at math. My brain just doesn't quite work that way. So (laughs) our minds, we can fathom things with our mind, but tongues is a, for the believer, is is part of his prayer life. It's like taking a super highway for the believer beyond your finite mind. You see, there's three parts to you, spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say spirit, soul, and body. All right, you're made in the image of God. God's the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're made in His image. You're really made three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Tongues is the Holy Spirit praying through your spirit, and it's a bypass to your mind, but makes perfect sense to God. I don't know about all that. I don't know about it all either, but I can tell you endless testimonies of how God has intervened miraculously in my life and the life of many, many people I know through utilizing this gift of tongues. It's a profound reality. So now, literally, through tongues, this tongues of angels, if you will, a supernatural prayer language, your spirit is able to express itself beyond your finite mind. Has any of you ever ever encountered a situation where you're so troubled, but you have no idea how to pray? Is that the same four people again? All right. You guys are on fire. All of us confront things where we're like, I don't know how to pray for that. I just don't know. It's a great time to pray in the Spirit. Praying in tongues is also called praying in the Spirit. Let me read verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. What? Who prays? My spirit prays. But my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. Should you sing in the Spirit? Yes. Should you pray in the Spirit? Yes, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying in verse 14 and 15. You should absolutely pray in tongues. You should pray in the Spirit. Now, should you pray with your mind? Yes. Sign language for yes. Everybody say yes. Yeah, you should. But should you sing in the Spirit? Yes. According to the Scripture, we should. Sometimes we do church based on what we think is... Listen, all all that you see here... The running, the lifting of the hands, the shouting, the clapping, the dancing. All of it is in Scripture. All of it. 
In fact, if you see something in this house that you don't see here, that's probably something that's out of order. For instance, you won't see any barking dog ministry. You're not going to see somebody lift their hands and go, woof, 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 woof. That's not going to happen. Okay, why? Because that's weird. He said, this tongues is weird. Yeah, it's different, I know. Get out of here, I'm going over here. Yeah, I know it's different, it's foreign. We've been trained really with a Western mind, most of us. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't line up to, your, to the scientific model, hello, if it's not one, two, three, four, two plus two equals four, if it doesn't line up in your finite mind, then you'll remove it from your understanding, saying that it's not God. I'm going to tell you something, God has his own economics. God has a way of bringing breakthrough. You can't figure out how God, by His hand, would drive out cancer with His finger. I can't either, but I know He does it. And I'm glad I believe in those things. I see them in the verses of Scripture. I see them in the texts of Scripture. Don't ever reduce God to your understanding. You're not that smart. Neither am I. Well, this is all new for me. That's okay. Good. Be equipped. Paul here talks about a believer that there's really like two channels. There's your mind channel and then there's your spirit channel. The second aspect of tongues being personal, using tongues for personal edification. You'll see that in verse 4. Personal edification. How many of you ever been discouraged? Ever been discouraged? When you're discouraged... Literally what this is saying is that when you're discouraged, you can pray in such a way that edifies yourself. Now, you can do that with your mind, but you can also do it with your spirit. That literally when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, that it will lift you. Has anybody had that experience before? You're feeling discouraged, but you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray in the Spirit, you pray in tongues, and you find that discouragement breaking off of you. I mean, I love calling friends that need to pray for me, and I, you do that. I, I call people. I, I'll call intercessors. I'll, I'll put up a prayer request on Faceplant, whatever it is, Facebook. 500 million people on Facebook. That's a great tool for, for ministering to people and getting God's Word out. Now, I'll do those things. But there is a, a gift that God has given the believer. That if you'll learn to utilize it in your life, it will start a fire on the inside of you that will torch the enemy and release the blessings of heaven that you could not do simply by praying with your finite mind. The third thing I see is to praise. Everybody say praise. There are times when the natural mind just can't praise God the way that your spirit wants to. Has anybody had that experience? I have. And that's when you can pray and sing in the spirit. Tongues can flow into praise and worship. In Acts chapter 2.11, the tongues they were speaking were actually known languages. And they were praising God and speaking about the wonderful things of God, the text says. 
And you may not know what you're saying, but you might be speaking. I, I, I believe, honestly, I believe I've spoken in Hawaiian. I was on an intercessory uh, prayer journey to a particular heiau. Heiau's were where they did human sacrifice in the islands. We were believing for revival. was led to go to this particular heiau, one of the largest ones in Hawaii. Went there with my crazy intercessory mother on assignment from the Lord. And um, as soon as I set foot on that heiau, I got hit with a burden from heaven. And I heard some Hawaiian words that I that I'd heard before, and the rest of it sounded like Hawaiian to me. Now, can I tell you something? I couldn't do that for you right now. It was a supernatural thing that happened in that moment. What happened? I don't know, man, but we did that until we just heard like a crack and there was a breakthrough. Hawaii right now, the island of Hawaii, the, the state of Hawaii, is experiencing revival in a degree that really many places in our nation are not. It's the only state in the entire union that people are getting saved at a faster rate than they are at the birth rate. In other words, people are getting saved faster than they're being born. That's amazing. People are being born again faster than being born for the first time. I've been in services, and I've heard this testimony. This lady took this hand of this man. He's visiting our church. Remember we say, okay, pray in the Spirit. They were holding hands and praying in the Spirit for some for this person. And unbeknownst to her, she was speaking in Greek. He happened to be from Greece. Now, at the end of that time of prayer, he turns to her and says something like a faristo or something. You know what I mean? He speaks to him in Greek. And she says, excuse me? And he says, well, you speak Greek. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. When we were praying, he says, I heard you speaking in Greek. You prayed accurately over me and my family. The guy's totally touched by God. This happened in our church. This is just one of a gazillion testimonies. We could pass the mic right now and there could be people that testify on and on and on about the gift of tongues and how it's been used to, to, to touch people, to bring praise. That guy was really impacted and the woman that prayed in tongues, apparently Greek, had no idea she even did it. And she was just praising God. So tongues is used to praise. Everybody say to praise. Mysteries, yes, in your prayer language, but also it could be known languages. And the truth is I've found that I think I've prayed in French too. Certain things, you know, the Spirit of God can... So you don't just have to have one gear in your tongues. I've found the more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the increase of capacity that I have to pray in the Spirit. Thanks, Brother Joel. Tongues is an important part of the Christian life. And I don't avoid it. It's avoided many times. It's easy to try to dismiss something because maybe you haven't received that yet. Don't, 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 don't dismiss stuff in your life because you haven't had the experience. Amen. And I'm not making you wrong if you haven't. I'm just saying, hey, seek God. Go after God. Let it make you hungry. Don't get irritated and try to come up with a theology that explains your, your life condition. All right. 
I've had people say, you know, I don't understand, Pastor, when I come here, there's, there's English, people praying in English, there's people praying in tongues. I thought there needs to be interpretation for tongues when it's used corporately. All right, let me, let me approach that this way. In the Old Testament, you will see that when they prayed, there was a meditative prayer. There was a thing that, that um, rabbinic scholars are called and still do called Daviding. I've talked about that before. It's after David. You remember David, the psalmist? Daviding is, 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 is getting scripture and just quietly going over to yourself in your mind what those scripture is and just kind of meditating on it before the Lord. There's a meditative prayer. All right. Now, the Western culture has taken meditative prayer and made that the standard for how all prayer should be. I'm going to tell you that it is not that way. It's not that way. You go to the wailing, you go to the wall in Jerusalem, you could go on the webcam right now. And I'm telling you, they are not sitting there quietly praying. That's not how it was in the Old Testament. They are, they are the original. I had, somebody say, I had somebody say, don't say that. That's offensive. But I don't care. So it's the original headbangers. They're rocking back and forth. They're rocking. They're banging their head, but they're, they're rocking back and forth. When I come under a heavy anointing for prayer, I've found myself rocking. I don't know where that came from. Anybody ever rock? Come on, some of those old-time Pentecostal people, they'd just be sitting in their pew rocking back and forth. You go to Jerusalem today, you will hear them praying out loud. It, it is a Western church that has taken prayer and just want everybody to be quiet. Shh. Don't make any noise. Shh. Hey, no laughing. Hey. There is a place of meditative prayer. There is a place where somebody can lead and we can listen and all agree. I'm not saying you don't do that. We, we do that. But don't throw the rest of it out either. You see, Jesus, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door, so when your Father hears what you pray and seek it, He'll reward you openly. Why would you need to shut a door if you're praying quietly in your mind, somebody help me tonight? Right, oh yeah. Why? They wouldn't hear you if you were just praying meditative. Why? Because you shut the door and you're like, oh God, oh help me God. Yeah, they're crying out. All right, I'm getting through to about 30% of you. So when you come into our church here, any KC, you will hear words with your finite mind being prayed. But you will also hear you will also hear tongues. Twofold aspect of that. One as a prayer language. In other words, if I say everybody pray in the spirit, if you ha- if you have the freedom, it's what I say almost every service. If you have the freedom to pray in the spirit, pray. Now that means it doesn't need to be interpreted. Because we're praying in a prayer language. We're edifying ourselves. Yeah, we are. Are we, are, are, we, are, we, are we bringing a prophetic word? It can turn to that. You can pray in another language, end up praying Swahili for the person who's next to you maybe. Right? Anybody know Swahili? You pray in the Spirit, but you, you pray also with your understanding. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 24. 
Is anybody getting help tonight? I am teaching you. Teaching. In Acts chapter 4, verse 24, who's got the verse? Who's got it? Can I borrow your Bible? Acts chapter 4, verse 24 says, when they heard their report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Is that what it says? Does your Bible say when they heard the report, they all meditated silently? When they heard the report, they all lifted their voices. They're, I don't know. I just think sometimes we're so, we're so worshiping ourselves. We're so concerned about what somebody would think. I'm going to tell you, if you've ever been in a room, you've ever been anywhere where a tragedy hit and it hits your home. I'm talking about you hear about some tragic thing that happened to a relative or something that was very close to you. And everybody in the house knows them and they, maybe they were part of your family, God forbid, or a brother or a sister. And you're all there and your mom gets the call, so and so, is it an accident? And, and they've died, God forbid. And I'm going to tell you what happens in your home. Mom drops the phone. She goes, oh, God. And they're like, what? Johnny's dead. And the whole place goes, oh, and they wail. Because it touches them in a place of grief. I'm telling you tonight that God wants to touch you in your heart where you're numb to certain things. There is a whole generation that's headed to hell. There is a nation right now, Japan, that if we don't pray, more people will die. I read tonight on the Internet about a man who was swept out, 60-something years old, swept out to sea and clinged to part of his house and was rescued after two days floating out in the ocean. And the Lord spoke to me and said, He would have passed away had my people not prayed. See, you don't understand. We don't understand when we pray in the Holy Ghost or when we pray together corporately, there comes a release of the power of the kingdom of God. I'm going to preach on it, releasing the power of the kingdom through prayer. You can pray through and see a change. But it's a fervent prayer I just have wound myself up tonight. It is a fervent prayer of the righteous that availeth much. In other words, if it's not fervent, then it doesn't really release it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There is a principle in God that when you, when you purpose in your heart to lay hold of the promises of God and not turn back, and to declare that this thing's going to come to pass, that it's God's will, and if you pray anything according to His name and His will, it shall be done. And you don't let up, you don't back off, you don't shut up, you press in, you declare, you proclaim, you, you declare, decree it, you will see change come. But many people in Western culture, they're not like that. It used to stink in McDonald's where we pay three fifty for a Big Mac and drive off with a little bag. Certain things in the kingdom aren't released unless you lay hold of it. The fervent prayer of the right. Fervent prayer. When's the last time you prayed until you had to catch your breath? That's fervent prayer. So my personality is not like that. It's not like any personality. It's a passion-driven thing. You take the most quiet, 
bashful mother with a brand new baby in a crib, or rather in a stroller, in Fred Myers. And you have some jerk come and take his take that child and run. You'll see Mrs. Bashful become a wild she-bear and beat the snot out of the boy that tried to take her baby. Why is that? Because there's something that's bigger on the line. It's called her child. You know, moose seem pretty docile until you step between the mama and the baby. For those of you online, don't ever do that. Why? Because you just end up being getting killed. They'll trample you, get on you, put their hooves in one place, and just push through. That's what they do. Why? Because it's an instinct. I'm telling you, there is a gear that Alaska is going to hit. There's a passion that has to be released within us. When spiritual, when there comes a, a, a spiritual truth and revelation that when you pray, we need a revelation of prayer, people. We need a revelation of prayer. We need a revelation of prayer. You don't need a theology of prayer. Prayer is caught more than taught. That's worth writing down. You can read all kinds of books on prayer, but until you really get after something and press in fervently, the fervent prayer of the righteous. Now, you could be fervent and not righteous, and you ain't going to get jack. Thank you. What does that mean? That means you have to be righteous. Imputed righteousness. Yes, you have to have the righteousness of God come upon you because of the blood of what He did on Calvary. Right? There's my cross. The cross. Because of the cross, you and I can be made righteous or before God, justified before God. There's an imputed righteousness, but then there's a righteousness that lived out. Now listen. Paul says, talking to the men, Treat your wives with honor and bless them, or you'll hinder your prayers. Oh, no. So you mean what I'm doing in the earth, the way I'm acting, the way I'm talking, the way I'm living can hinder my prayers? Oh, yeah, Baba. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I know. That's pretty motivational, isn't it? Where are we? Thanks. So let me just recap what I was saying. There are tongues that need interpretation. And to not have them interpreted would be out of order. And what the Corinthian church is doing is they'd have two or three or more people. And really they just had a whole bunch of people stepping up and giving a message in tongues, which is different than just praying in a prayer language. It's, it needs to be interpreted, and literally tongues that's brought that way with interpretation is prophecy. All right. Look at C. So there's the, there's the third usage of tongue. The first is a sign. The second is personal usage. The third is corporately in affecting the whole congregation through tongues and interpretation. Now, this is different. It's not personal tongues. It's corporate tongues. All right? Everybody say corporate. It's a difference between corporate and personal. And the difference between prophecy and tongues, that is corporate tongues, is that tongues need to be interpreted. And that is the only difference. All right, why would God do that? Why would God, why would God use tongues and interpretation? 
I think the one of the things, ways that the reasons that God does is because He's a God of He's multifaceted. He's He doesn't do anything the same way twice. He's too big. He likes moving and using people. He doesn't want just somebody stepping up with the gift. He likes using us all as a team, as a body. That's why we're called the body. How does that work? Well, here's how I've seen it work. There can be worship, and then all of a sudden there will come like a, a hush. And then God will come upon somebody, and they will lift their voice and bring forth a message in tongues. Now, when that happens... You just can feel it. I, you can feel it in your spirit. Now, I've felt it in my spirit that it wasn't God. It was somebody going off to try to get attention. I've seen that too. But you can feel it in the spirit when it's God. And they're usually, well, there's got to come an interpretation. Now, I have got the gift of interpretation. I have that gift. But generally what I do when it happens in our congregation is that it happens and I'll wait. I'll wait and I'll wait. Why will I wait? Because I can do that. I, I've, I've got that gift. I can do it. But my God, we, we need to get, raise up other people that can release that gift. Amen? And some of you have that gift. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, it's like they spoke and you just got like ticker tape interpretation. Bam, 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 bam. I've seen people bring, bring the tongue and then get the interpretation. Powerful, impacts the body. Amazing. But now here's the thing. If that's going to happen, it needs to be judged. All right, what does that mean? That means we all need to determine whether it was a word from God. Is it scriptural? Did we bear witness to it? Was it pure? So prophecy needs to be judged. Look at 1 Corinthians again, 14, 26. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. He's talking about prophecy. He's not talking about the prayer language aspect, the personal prayer language. Does everybody understand? If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep silent, keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Now, I'll just tell you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you a strong message in tongues, let her rip. Why? We have an interpreter. We do? Yeah, me. I'll do it. There's others, though. So well, that's pretty bold of you to say. That sounds like arrogant. Look, I just understand my gifts. It sort of flows that way for me. Don't give me anything to administrate. You want somebody else to do that. All right. Get my wife to administrate. I'm sort of the free spirit guy. She keeps me grounded. Praise the Lord. And the truth is, if there's, if there's something that comes forth that's not correct, we'll correct it. You know, I, sloppy agape is an ugly thing. Agape, agape is, is, is unconditional love. But I'm going to tell you, there's unconditional love also slaps and corrects. And if, if something's going wrong in somebody's life and those who know it all around them don't speak truth to them, then you don't really love them. You're afraid you're going to offend them. Sure, you're going to offend them, but you'll also stand before a God who'll judge you for it. And who knows, maybe when you speak life to them, that'll bring correction and help them. All right. So if you're going to use this gift in a corporate setting, be certain that you're open to being corrected. 
And if you have a hard time getting correction, I highly suggest don't use the gift. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Look at, look at number three. Be a releaser of the Holy Spirit's work. And I, I'm going to get into some ontological stuff. Ontologically, ontological is to be is the study of a person's being. Thanks, son. It's the study of a person's being. All right, look, look at A. Understand the difference between man's spirit and the Holy Spirit. You are not the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, "I'm not the Holy Spirit." Okay, you have your own spirit. Okay, however, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Ontologically, they're two different things, but economically, they operate as one. Did you catch that? So you're not the Holy Spirit. You have your own spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, it's separate. You still have your own spirit, but you, you can operate in God's economy as one. Does that make sense? And I just gave you the two blanks underneath there. Ontologically, man's spirit and the Holy Spirit are distinct. They're different. But economically, they're one. You're made alive in Him. You're made alive in Him. There's a meshing of the Holy Spirit and your spirit in an ontological sense. I don't know how to use any other word to, to bring that, to make that plain to you. In your being, there is your, Holy, there is your spirit, but God has a Holy Spirit. So you have your own spirit, but when you receive the Holy Spirit... He comes to live on the inside of you, and there's a meshing, but they're definitely distinctly different, but you operate as one. If you walk in the Spirit. To as many are led by the Spirit of God are the, are the sons of God. There's, there's a meshing that God, look, God wants you to mesh with Him. All right, let's read some of these verses. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I'm almost done. Is this helping anybody? Well, Acts chapter, in, in 1 Corinthians, while you're turning there, Acts 4, verse 31. But in 1 Corinthians 14, when you pray with your spirit, as Paul says, my spirit prays because of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit really praying through you. Everybody say the Holy Spirit praying through me. Are we all okay? Did we lose anybody? Hang in there. You can go back and listen to it. It's recorded. It'll be on Ustream. You listen to it. You take the notes. You go back, study, check it out, read it. There's books on it. There's all kinds of, I mean, I'm just trying to give it to you quick here in a, in a 35, 40-minute message. Acts 4, verse 31, they were all, they were filled, pardon me, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. They were filled, and then that filling worked through them, in their positive testimony. In, in Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't, I don't know about you and your encounter and your experience with the Holy Spirit, but I've been so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that, that I have really felt like I've been intoxicated by the Holy Spirit. And it's very different. It's not like being drunk. There's a quickening that happens, but a joy and a peace. Some of you still settle for Bud Dumber. I'm telling you, there's a new wine that's being served by God. 
at Joel's bar and grill, as in the prophet Joel. 1995, we had an outbreak of the Spirit of God, and one of the guys invited, invited this guy to church. Here's how he invited him. Dude, we are just getting really ripped. You want to come? Yeah. We're where? Joel's. You need to check it out, man. You just need to come. Really? Yeah, I'll pick you up. All right. Picks him up, drives to the church. He says, I thought you, what are you talking about? Come on in, man. Come on in. Guy got touched by God, impacted by the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, and pray with the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert always. Keep on praying for all the saints. Let me read that again. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the... What kind of Bible do you have? NIV, New King James. Spirit is capital S, people. So capital S, and pray in the Spirit. That's pray in the Holy Spirit. Jude 20. Turn there. I'm almost done. Hang in there. Dear friends, Jude 20, there's only one chapter. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. And really when you study that out, it really means you can build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So wow, I mean, how many of you want greater faith? Is that the same four people? How many of you want greater faith? Well, how can you get that? One of the ways, we talked about the gift of faith, but there's praying in the Spirit. So I don't understand that. I don't understand it fully either, but I see it in Scripture, and I've had the, the experience in my life. Now, tongues is a gift that God will give you if you'll seek Him for it. And it really is, a, you know, some say it's the least of the gifts. I mean, it's pretty awesome that you can pray the perfect will of God. I mean, it's pretty amazing. That, 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 that's what that says, mysteries. It's really like a, you, some of you want to flow in a greater power. Tongues are like the doorway to the power room. Okay, there's a, there's a doorway here, okay? Let's say this is the... Pa- is anybody looking over here looking at me? Hey, hey, watch this. Okay, so, so this is the power room. I'm going to go over here. So here's the doorway. When you pray in tongues, it's like opening the door. Some of you want to see a greater increase of faith, want to see greater fire, want to see greater power, want to see greater miracles. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in the Spirit. Pray with your mind, but you need to pray in the Spirit. All right. One more point, maybe two. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when I heard of this message like this, very similar, and other messages, I just thought, well, I don't understand that. And so I, would, I answered, I don't know, 50 altar calls? I'm not kidding. 50. 50. Did you get saved the first time you heard about Jesus dying on a cross and rising again from the grave for you? Did you, get, did you? No, but you heard it. I heard it and heard it, and all of a sudden my scales were lifted from my eyes. I went, I need that right now. 
there's a, there's a principle of what I would call spiritual coveting. Everybody say spiritual coveting. Come on, some of you know what it is to covet. Right? That new jet boat that your neighbor has maybe. Huh? That Harley Davidson, fellas. All right. That new set of crochet needles. Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, earnestly covet the greater gifts. There is a principle of spiritual coveting, earnestly desire. The greater gifts. You gotta be seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you gotta you gotta ask him for it. All right, and, and look at C. Last one. Micah, would you come? Exercise. Everybody say exercise. Exercise. Exercise your spiritual gifts. Wanna grow in the gift? Look, I was talking to Morris. I grabbed a hold of that boy's arm, and he's got some serious meat hooks, man. I almost hurt myself right here. I was a lot bigger when I was his age. But anyway, it's a pretty serious arm. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what he's doing, but man. All right, don't touch him. He's married. Amen. Leave him alone. Rebecca said. All right. He must have done something to put some meat on that arm of his. How many of you know what this is? It's a gun wrap. He must have done something to put some, right, exercise. I mean, there's a genetic aspect. But exercise allows you to get stronger. Physically stronger. Can build your immune system. Exercise is good for you. Some of you don't know about spiritual exercise. Hebrews chapter 5, verse something at the end. Turn there. Quick, hurry up. Hebrews. A great cup of coffee. Okay. thought about naming a cafe Hebrews. <laughs> Maybe you'll get that on the way home. Hey. Did you get it? Hebrews brew coffee. Get it? Hebrews. Okay, you all there? All right, some of you are like, what did he say? Was that tongues? Was that? No, that wasn't tongues. Okay. Hebrews. You got it? You borrow your Bible? Hebrews chapter 5. Look at that. Well-fed soul. Hebrews chapter 5. But solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong, and then do what is right. I like that. New Living Translation's paraphrase. So you all there? Hebrews, Hebrews 5, verse 14. Solid food is for those 
who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong, and then do what is right. I said it was paraphrased. You say it's not paraphrased? What is it? All right, I stand corrected for now. I'll go, I'll go check it out. I said it was paraphrased. Some, the, the, the life app, not the life application, the Amplified is paraphrased. There's the Message Bible is a paraphrased Bible. In other words, it's not, line, it's not, it's not word by word or phrase by phrase like the, the, the New King James or the NIV. So I, I'll go check that out. I stand corrected if indeed I am. New Living Translation is great. It be a great version to read. The, the point is this. Back to the message. Exercise. Exercise your spiritual gifts. You want to get strong in God? Use your gifts. And it says solid food is for those who are mature, who by reason of use, I've memorized it in another version, who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. Link this to New King James. So how do you become spiritually mature? A spiritually mature person, where's Casto? You listening? Hey, John, you listening? Listen, spiritually mature person. Maturity? This goes in that little study about being an adult. Somebody who's mature has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with the ability to tell the difference between that which is good and that which is evil and do the right thing. So, so in your life, there comes a maturing by exercising the ability or the, the, your, your ability to tell that which is right and that which is wrong and do the right thing. You need to exercise the gifts of the Spirit so that you can get strong in God. Do you get it? All right, stand up on your feet. Now, hopefully, I corrected some stuff about tongues. I'll tell you what, you may sit down. Open forum. Anybody got a question at all? Open. I'm not preaching to you. I'm answering questions. Anybody got a question? Yes. Here, use the mic. You can sit down. I'll bring it to you. Go ahead, ask the question. Um, I've been able to pray in, the, in tongues, but it's only like one sentence, and and I'm like tired of that sentence. It's been a couple of years. Okay, so she said she's able to pray in tongues, but she has like one phrase or one sentence, and so she's like, I'm tired of that. I want an increase in my vocabulary. That's what you're, what you're saying. Now here here's here's how that works. God will give it to you. You seek Him, and you just begin to press in, and new sounds and new syllables will begin to come. And it's a step of faith. And sometimes, and, and keep praying your one sentence. Look, when Joseph, got, Bishop Joseph Garlington, anybody heard of him? Great man of God. When his wife got baptized in the Holy Ghost, this is what she got. Oop. Yeah, that's it. Oop. Change worlds with oop. And that's all she did. Oop. Oop. Pastor Vince, my, my close friend, took over. The church is in Kauai. You know what he got? That's what he got. Can I tell you what he did with that? He ticked and he called it his Holy Ghost tick. It was that actually. He walked around in the woods weeping and crying with God all over him going. So you just press in. God will release that to you. And you hunger and thirst for it. And then step out and faint. All right? That's good. Another question. I'm a, he had his hand raised first, so I'm going to come to this young, young man of God back here. What do you got, son? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Awesome question. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? By faith. 
How do you get saved? By faith, right? So how do you get saved? You believe that Jesus died on a cross, right? I know you know this. And then what happened after that? He rose from the dead. How do you get saved? Do you know? You have faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same way. It's by, Don't you love it? Out of the mouth of babes. And it's, it's the same thing. What do you mean? So you realize that... So you realize that... What a great kid you got. You realize that Jesus died on a cross and rose again for you, and you believe, you realize, man, I need forgiveness, right? Your mama taught you right. And your grandma and your dad too and everybody else. And so uh, there came some point for you that you said, oh, God, forgive me of my sin. You died for me, right? All right, and then you said, Lord, come into my heart. It's the same thing. You realize that God wants to fill you with his spirit, and then by faith you say, I believe that God wants to do that. I see it in Scripture. Lord, fill me. And you, by faith, receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. All right. And then, then the languages will come, sounds and syllables. It's not here. It's not, you can figure it out. It'll just come. You ever make up your own song? Anybody ever make up their own song? You ever hum in the shower? Some of you have been humming in the Holy Ghost and you didn't even know it. Yeah. Nobody like, wait for lightning. He's going to hit me any time now. It could just be normal, natural. You don't have to be like hit with lightning. You don't have to be tears running down your face. You don't have to hurt and jerk and shake and throw yourself on the ground either. You don't have to be any of that stuff. It's just by faith. So that's how. How do you get filled? You desire. You ask. You make sure all the blockages are out of the way. All sin is out of the way. Sometimes sin is a blockage. Sometimes theology is a blockage. In other words, in their mind, their mama was raised as a Baptist. I'm not saying anything about Baptist, but they said, tongues is of the devil. Listen to me. Read my lips. Tongues is of the devil. So they grew up in a house where they heard tongues is of the devil. Now they're 50 years old. They're in a Pentecostal church, really desiring the fullness of what God has for them. But in their mind, tongues is of the devil. And it's been abused. I'm going to tell you it's been abused. The, the, the spiritual gifts have been abused all across America, and that's why it's just easier. It's not easier from my perspective, but it can be easier administratively to keep a church in order and just keep it cruise. We'll just teach. We're not going to do any of that tongue stuff. I'm going to prophesy that's messy. It's like fire. i got a fire in my house right now in a wood-burning stove. I have logs all up in it. It's shut down and it's cruising until I get home a few hours from now. Now, if my wood-burning stove was open and I had a spark come out and land on the carpet, my whole cabin would be torched. Okay, so there needs to be order to the fire. There needs to be order to prophecy. It needs to be judged. When things are out of order, it needs to be corrected. Is this, is this helping anybody? All right. Andrew, she's next. Well, just, just two more. When we're sitting around here, so many times you have us. If anyone needs prayer for healing or something, raise their hands, and then you'll ask the rest of the congregation, go find someone to pray for them. Um, I experienced so many times that they come up to you, and they don't even ask you what you want prayer for, and they immediately start praying in tongues. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. Because if you don't know, how to, if you don't know what to pray for, it, 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 there, you could, it, if it's offensive, I'd correct somebody. If it bothers you, say, would you do me a favor? Here's what I need to pray for. Just stop them and say, now, now listen, 
the gifts of prophecy and tongues is subject to the prophet. Spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet. So, you know, nobody's out of control. You know, so if somebody's praying in tongues over and you want them to stop, you tell them, wait, hold up. Here's what I want prayer for. And you tell them. So, you know, for those of you that are praying for people like that, just be sensitive, okay? But if, if, if you go to pray for somebody, and I usually, frequently, I'll ask, what do you want Jesus to do? Okay. Well, I don't know. That you, there's, there's really not a, there's not a right or wrong, but it's a good thing to ask. Jesus did it. What do you want to do? Blind guy. Ask the blind guy, what do you want me to do? Uh, he's blind. You know, think Jesus knew he was blind? He's blind. Why would Jesus ask, what do you want me to do? Very simple. To elicit faith from that person I want to see. So it's a good thing to ask somebody, all right? I teach my leaders when you're praying for people up here, ask them, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Not what do you need, what do you want Jesus to do for you? So it's a good thing. But is it a scriptural thing to pray over somebody in tongues? It is. Just don't be all, you'll freak them out, blow their eardrum out by your loud tongue talking. That bothers me. It's like destructive almost, all right? Just be sensitive. And, you know, I've been in places, look, where's uh, Primrose? Is Carol here? Primrose. Can't pray in tongues over there. Right? No tongue talking. I'm praying in tongues right now. Right now. It's ventriloquism. It's like I'm not moving my lips, but I'm praying in tongues. For real. Okay. Just a couple more and we're done. So I'd like to know if you'd explain if we have a prophetic word to bring forth, what protocol is it that you would like us to use? Um, protocol for prophetic words. I suppose that that's, that that is in process here. Uh, for those of you that have, that that receive a prophetic word, um, usually what I will do is I will field the word, meaning I will they'll say I've got a word from God. I go great. What is it? Okay. And at that point, they say, the Lord spoke to me, and I feel like he's saying this. Bam, 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 bam. Now, at that point, this is usually how I do it. Usually. At that point, I discern whether that actually is a word from God or if it's a word from God right now. Sometimes it's a word from God, but not for that moment. And there comes, through that, there comes a, a rapport and a trust now, some of you have come and said, God spoke to me and said this, this, and this. And you were dead accurate and right, and have been dead accurate and right five or six times. Now, what does that tell me? What's that say? And they're hearing from God. Okay, but I've had other folks in the past. Not here, none of you. Come and say, I've got a word from God. Fruit Loops, Special K. Charlie Daniels Band. And Rice Krispies. And then crap, crap, geez. snap, crackle, pop. Geez. Snap, a crackle, pop. Jesus, help me out. Okay, well, I think you should, you know, I don't know that, you know, we're not going to be releasing that right now. Well, why not? Let me tell you later. Okay. All right, then we'll, then we'll train them. Then we'll release them. We had one, one hand back here. Liz, does that help? If you have a word from God, Grace, you come right up and say, Pastor, I feel like I have a word. I'll say, what is it? And then you'll tell me, and then I'll, de- I'll discern whether we can release that at that point. Now, uh, there's been one lady that's done that frequently. She's frequently brought the word. So, but it's, it's always, sometimes I just might flip 
Give you the mic. You're a mature woman of God. You've been here. You've been serving. You're faithful. You live holy, righteous. I know that. Okay. Somebody who just walks in the church, just walked in, first time in the church, they want to come and give direction. They'd be sitting down so fast their head spins. How many of you appreciate that? All right. Your time to practice your gifts is not so much here. It's in a small group. All right. You have two people. They both have deep personal relationships with God. One speaks in tongue and one doesn't. Does that mean that the one that's gifted with the speaking of tongues is having a deeper and greater relationship with God than the other? I don't pass judgment on somebody who speaks in tongues and somebody who doesn't. Uh, So to answer that and say only God can answer that question, I cannot. The assemblies of God, I'll tell you doctrine. We are an assembly of God church. They say this, that the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the evidence of speaking in tongues. I've heard it argued well on both sides. (laughs) Love is a good thing to say. The point is, you decide what you think, all right? You know what you believe before God, all right? You're going to ask me what I believe? You're not? Okay, good. Praise God. Anybody else? (laughs) Does that answer your question? All right, anybody else? One more, one more, one more. All right, is this helping? Is this good? All right. It's not about speaking in tongues or any of that. It's... uh... I know there's other ways of being led by the Spirit. And I believe that happened with me today, this afternoon. How did that happen? How did I know? When an interesting thing happened in Anchorage, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer that, but it's really, that's like a whole message, how to be led by the Spirit of God. An interesting thing happened. Uh, I went to go to Anchorage, and I had a message I was going to preach. I got there, had no peace. That's one, that's one, that's one, that's one way you know. All right. I had this message. I was ready. I'd studied. I worked on it for hours. Here I am. Time to preach. That's not it. I got no peace. I just know that's not the message. So I'm flipping through the, my flipping through my my Bible. I'm thinking, Lord, I just feel like the Lord wants me to bring a message that I brought to the youth on Friday nights. Strong word about thinking differently in David and taking down your Goliath. So I, I preached on that. Now David delivered cheese and bread. Okay. Now before the service. Before the service, Yovina felt like she needed to go and get a thing of cheese and some bread. And she literally brought a loaf of flaxseed bread and a, and a wedge of cheese. And she had no idea why, how, why she did it. She just felt out of the Lord. How did that happen? Listen, I do things. I, it's like you just be a child. You just feel like... I feel like I want to walk over here. I walk over here and find myself right in the perfect will of God. I feel like I want to go to the, go and buy a Coca-Cola. I do it. If I feel like I want to wear a particular shirt, I wear it. I just go with the peace. I go with the flow. And, and, and you know, some people get all super weird like, God said to me. God can speak in lots of different ways, right? Circumstances through the word, through people, right? Through prophetic word, through the leading of the Spirit. So you're just led by the Spirit. And I've found as I've renewed my mind... That I'm thinking the thoughts of God frequently. You'll find that. You renew your mind a lot. It's not so much your thoughts anymore. I don't want to get too weird about that. But, but frequently when I'm having a thought about somebody, it's the Lord. I call them. They say, whoa, pastor, how'd you know to call me? It's the Holy Spirit, man. All right. Anything else? One more. Is that it? All right, that's it. Come on, stand up on your feet.
If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you're seeking the gift of tongues, okay? Come on up to the front. You can come right now. Awesome. By faith, not head knowledge. It's from your from here. Let's worship for a minute. We love you. Come, come, Holy Spirit. All right. Come on. They were constantly filled. They didn't just get filled once. You know why? You leak. Let's do this first. If you're not right with God, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him all across this place. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. All right. Now all you guys here, all you bunch of young planet shakers, spread out a little bit. Spread out. Yep, you can let go of the person next to you. Just lift your hands to Jesus. All of you people, begin to ask God to fill you and touch you right now. Come on. Ask Him to fill you right now. If you need to repent of anything, you feel like you didn't do it, do it. And then by faith, many times I laid hands on them. They laid hands on them and they were filled. But there was also times when, when Peter was just speaking, the Holy Spirit fell and they got filled with the Spirit. So it can happen any number of different ways. Now, Father God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord, fill your people right now with your Holy Spirit. Release the gifts of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Release even prayer language, God. Release a prayer language even through these here tonight in the name of Jesus. If you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Spirit, just pray right now. So that I'm going to hold.
You just let some sounds come up and sounds and still, but you got to participate. God's not going to grab your tongue and wag it and rag it around. It don't work like that. You've got to participate. You've got to allow them to flow through you. Come on, God's filling these young boys right now. Holy Spirit, fill. Yes, Lord. Okay, so I'm praying in tongue. It's my prayer language. you've done tonight bringing clarity and filling people this next generation bless them now use them this week as we pray for our seven friends in the operation Andrew Andrew operation whatever it's called operation Andrew as we use those scripts Lord may we be bold in our witness to see people come to the knowledge of Jesus stir up and release the gift of the evangelist God within your people I pray and I thank you and praise you and exalt you and magnify you giving you all the glory and honor in Jesus holy and precious name and all of God's people said Amen God bless you so glad you turned out tonight practice pray in the Holy Ghost we love you we'll see you Tuesday night 7.30